From Odyssey, I'm Lauren Berry, and this is the On Deadline podcast, where we take a deeper look at stories from our radio newsrooms across the country. Today, On Deadline is looking at a ruling that could set a precedent for the parents of children who carry out major crimes, specifically mass murders. A mom, guilty, because her son carried out a school shooting. On November 30th, 2021, Ethan Crumbly, a then 15-year-old student, entered Oxford High School in Michigan with a gun in his backpack. He opened fire on his classmates and teachers, killing four and injuring seven. Crumbly was taken into police custody alive and charged with terrorism resulting in death, four counts of first-degree murder, seven counts of assault with intent to murder, and 12 counts of possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony. In the years since Crumbly's shooting spree, more light has been shed on his upbringing. We've learned that his parents actually bought him that gun that he used as a Christmas present, and that they refused to take him home from school, even when they were called in to discuss violent drawings that he'd made. Both of his parents were charged for his actions. While his father, James, is awaiting trial, his mother, Jennifer, was found guilty on four counts of involuntary manslaughter. Many are wondering if the conviction of Jennifer will become a precedent for the parents of teens and children who carry out horrendous crimes. It's also possible that this is a matter of special circumstances. During the trial, prosecutors portrayed Jennifer as a neglectful mother who participated in giving her son the semi-automatic handgun while also failing to properly store it. When the Crumbleys were called to their son's school because of those disturbing drawings we mentioned, they failed to tell school officials that he had access to this weapon. It was in his backpack that day, but his backpack was never searched. Ethan Crumbley's counselor went as far as to tell his parents that the school wanted Ethan to get help, quote, today, if possible. The Crumbleys declined and left him in class. And then four teens lost their lives. During her testimony, Jennifer said that she didn't think she was a failure as a parent and that she, quote, wouldn't have done anything differently in how she raised and parented her son. While she did also express regret for Ethan's actions, those words carried weight in the jury's decision. One jury member even told NBC News that the line I just referenced was repeated a lot in the deliberation room. University of Detroit Mercy Law professor Larry Dubin joined WWJ in Detroit to discuss the case. Professor Dubin, let me back up to something you said. You said you didn't think this was a slam dunk. What did you hear in this case that made you think that, that the jury might find Jennifer Crumbly not guilty? Well, you know, I think that, uh, that many of the jurors, if not all of them, were parents. And I think all parents feel that they're not perfect parents and that maybe their child exhibits some issue or problem that can be overlooked or, or, or not directly dealt with. And, uh, you know, on the other hand, I think that there was some powerful evidence that uh, they were aware of certain problems. They brought, they brought in the gun. It isn't as if the shooter, you know, found the gun or received it from some other source. So I think that there were that there were uh, interesting and important arguments that were brought forth from both the prosecution and the defense. The defense tried a good case. Uh, now, uh, would it have been better if the defendant did not testify? I, that's speculation because she did. Uh, I think in some ways, if had there been an acquittal, it would have believed that her testimony helped out. So it, it really, in my opinion, could have gone either way. Uh, I'm surprised, I think, that they came to this decision as quickly as they did because I think with jury instructions, jurors can get tangled up 
on on the meaning of legal terms that they had not priorly uh, prior been ever exposed to, and it can cause a lot of uh, kind of conversation and deliberation as to whether the crime fits exactly the law. This jury came to the conclusion you have to congratulate the prosecution for bringing what is really the first case of this type to a successful conclusion, and we'll see where it goes from here. Professor Dubin, you kind of hinted on it, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you were trying this case, would you have put Jennifer Crumbly on the stand? Well, you know, it's a tough decision. It's a tough decision. I think uh, my decision when I was trying cases actively would have been to sit down with her and to have conducted, you know, certain examinations in my office the way prosecutors would have and observed how she would respond. Uh, and that would have been my basis for recommending to her. Now, it's up to the defendant. You know, if the defendant wants to testify, in spite of a lawyer's advice not to, uh, you must follow the instruction of your client. So uh, I have no idea what those conversations would have been, but that's what I would have looked to. And uh, since I wasn't involved at that level, I can't tell you whether I would have put her on or not put her on. I, I can tell you that I think the defense lawyer seemed like a competent lawyer in making that determination uh, for herself. Professor Dubin, this is the first of its kind conviction. What kind of precedent does this set for any future cases? Well, it doesn't set a precedent in that parents will now routinely be charged with crimes if there's a school shooting. But what I think it does do is heightens the fact that the law can really get into the facts uh, underlying the uh, shooting to see what the parents knew about their child, uh, what the parents, their knowledge in terms of accessibility to guns, and uh, whether something could have been done by the parent to have prevented the shooting. In other words, ultimately, it's the foreseeability. If the parents have an inkling that the child might be getting out of hand or using as a hobby something that could involve some danger, I think this could be a, a case that will awaken other prosecutors throughout the country to make that investigation and to possibly determine whether charges should be brought, which have n- not been done up to this point. So. To that extent, it's landmark in, I think, opening the eyes uh, as to the possibility of a prosecution, even though every case will not be ultimately determined in the same way. While there may be some who thought Jennifer Crumbly's legal team put together a strong enough defense, the jury needed only two days of deliberation to come to a verdict. Guilty. Now prosecutors turn their attention fully to James Crumbly, who has also been charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter. And some experts believe he'll be more easily convicted because he actually bought the gun. Although others have noted that his legal team may be at an advantage because they've seen the strategy that his wife's team took. They know what swayed the jury and what didn't. CBS News legal analyst Thane Rosenbaum joined Odyssey after the verdict was read to share more about the cases. Were you surprised by this guilty verdict for Jennifer Crumbly? I I was, Steve, in part because, you know, it's almost it's very different from how American system of law works. Unlike in Europe, in the United States, we really only hold people who are the proximate cause of the damage or the or the crime. We don't normally look down the road uh, of the chain of events and hold in the case of kids, the parents responsible criminally. Now, remember, this was a criminal case. If, if this was a civil case for gross negligence and the parents failing to supervise their kid, that wouldn't have surprised me at all. But attaching a criminal penalty to a parent 
for an action taken by a child, a teenager, is something we've never seen before. Right. Jennifer Crumbly certainly didn't pull the trigger, but she is going to get prison time. Right. And and the reason for that is the jury was persuaded. Uh, she was having an affair with someone, uh, and she was paying a lot of attention to that. And she actually wrote a text message to the person with whom she had an affair after this happened and said, uh, this could have been prevented and the school sh and I, I should have picked him up at school. So the jury heard that evidence that she knew that this was foreseeable, that her son had mental problems, that the gun was not properly locked up or secure. She, however, blamed her husband. Remember, he's going to have his own trial next month. They separated the trial. So she said, look, I'm not the gun person in the house. He's the gun person. I'm the mom. Uh, the jury didn't seem to care. The jury was much more persuaded by the fact that she didn't seem to be an attentive mother. She was carrying out an affair and she was tended to her horses. That actually became a big issue that she spent more time with her horses than with her son. I want to ask you about legal precedent because so much in the legal world is based on precedent. What does this mean for future school shootings and, you know, if, if the offender is a young person, for their parents? Does this open the door for the parent of every young school shooter to be held accountable? Forget school shootings, Steve. Uh, baseball bat, right? What's possible now? You know, it opens the door of parental responsibility for any action that is criminal, violent, that the child undertakes and that, that the parents had sufficient notice of and failed to warn or take the proper steps to supervise. So yes, with respect to school shootings, this now opens a door that did not exist during Columbine, right? We've seen school shootings, but we've, we've never seen this. So yes, it opens the door, but I think that there are law professors and lawyers and judges that are wondering, well, how much further would it go, right? Any household product that a son uses to poison someone, right? Uh, would the parents have always been responsible to, for, to take a duty of care? Remember, this is involuntary manslaughter, Steve. So that means that this is not intentional. It's not deliberate. It's called a reckless, accidental, negligent killing. And that's exactly what the jury saw here, that the mother was negligent. And we'll see next month if they'll find that the father is negligent. The defense for Jennifer Crumbly tried to show that she loved her son and did all she could for him but that in the end, he made his decision. But the jury wasn't buying it. Now eyes are turning to James's case and whether or not he'll be able to distinguish himself from his son and his wife. To get perspective on his potential defense, attorney Joe Friedberg joined Odyssey. It, it would seem from following the case and reading the stories, and by the way, he deserves absolutely his right to try to differentiate himself from his wife in whatever way. Mm -hmm. But sure. that if she's guilty, he's also guilty. Eh, probably, but we got to hear the facts. We don't know yep. what she knew, didn't know, and vice versa. Not only that, you'll have 12 different Americans on a jury. They may look at it different. So on those cases, let, let's stay with this because we've seen it. We've talked about it too many times. When your ultimate parental responsibility, as you pointed out, in particular with younger kids, is to keep the child or the children safe. So yep. we've had this debate with uh, somebody inadvertently leaving a, uh, a child in, in a car when it's very hot outside or yeah. the, gun, the gun matter. Where's your balance on that, Joe, where the pain of a punishment, of a legal punishment, of time in prison will probably never top the loss of a child? It's unthinkable. It's, it's excruciating. But for me, when I wrestle with that, I say, yes, 
it, it won't top it. But if you're so derelict in this responsibility, I personally think you should be legally accountable. Well, I think I can remember, I'm sure I've had more, but I can remember two cases where the father did negligent things. One involved a gun, one involved driving on the ice, and the child, the father was responsible for the death of the child. And in both cases, one was rural and one was city. The judge looked at the parents and said, there's nothing I can do to you that you haven't already done to yourself over this. So I'm not putting you in prison. I'm going to do a little of this, a little of that to you. I'm not going to put you in prison. I cannot fathom how you feel. And you don't need to go to prison to prevent you from doing something like this again. Joe, there are a lot of people who think that this is just going to open up the door. But just to reiterate what you're saying, it's not, even if people believe it should open the door. Of course. Those are uneducated statements by people making visceral reactions. And it's just not true. Uh, First of all, let's start with the carjacking. What are you going to do? You're going to punish somebody's parents for not bringing the kid up right because he goes out at night and carjacks and maybe kills somebody? Mm -hmm. We don't have that kind of responsibility. If, of course, the parent helped the kid hijack a car or taught a kid how to hijack a car, that's another thing. Yeah, that's different. But just having a child who runs amok because you don't know how to be a good enough parent and the kid's been out on the street since he's 12 taking drugs and ripping people off i'm sorry we don't hold the parents liable for that because we just don't there'd be too many parents in jail yes we've come to the point where we're going to ask the question that's already been asked too many times by too many people after gun violence what's next kids are dead Kids who are now captured forever in high school pictures with wide smiles and bright futures they won't ever see. A teenage shooter, and now his mom, are both in jail. Thoughts and prayers have been sent, and no laws have changed. Many are wondering if the threat of a life sentence will make parents take action faster, maybe stay more vigilant against signs that their child is sliding into bad behavior and potentially violence. Others disagree. I'm not a big believer that any one conviction creates some sort of landslide effect, Detroit area lawyer Margaret Rabin told the Associated Press. She explained that prosecutors just bring charges they think they can prove. And in this very specific case, she said, quote, It's fair to say a lot of people were alarmed at the way Jennifer Crumbly was parenting this kid. Or not parenting. This show is produced by Joe Beatty, Christy Strauser, Myron Kaplan, and Bill Smee. I'm Lauren Barry. Thanks for listening to On Deadline, Odyssey serving of a top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts to stay informed.